say I've got knocked down nostalgia, but it was a kind of the best of times and the worst of times. Confessions of a CEO, but actually playing Fortnite in the morning for, for half an hour, in about like 45 minutes in the evening meant that I was able to actually just completely get out of the situation. Purposely Podcast, speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders, people who are making the world a better place. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. A really warm welcome to episode 58 with Simon Kitchen, CEO of Bipolar UK. Simon, a really warm welcome to Purpose in Podcast. Hi Mark, thank you very much for inviting me on. You are the CEO. What's their mission and vision? Our mission is to ensure that every single person who's affected by bipolar, so both those living with it and their close friends and family, are able to live well and fulfill their potential. Um, so we want to be able to live in a world where no one with bipolar feels that their uh, their actual condition is actually holding them back from achieving what they want to in life. If you're describing what bipolar is, so it's it's significant lows and real highs, real mania, was it, and that's psychological impact of people. Yeah, so bipolar is a severe mental illness, and it's predominantly caused by underlying genetics, about seventy percent genetic. Um, causes and, and about 30% environmental and it's um, it's it has a, a uh, issues around uh, mood um, and moderation so people will experience extreme highs and extreme lows um, for those people who aren't living with bipolar it's quite hard to understand and appreciate what it's like to live with a condition because um, our kind of we use a thing called a mood scale to be able to to explain it but on your on your best day mark um, you might have just arrived in New Zealand and you're really like excited to be to be in the country. It might be a, that you might have a six. And then on your, your lowest day, perhaps it's been raining for three weeks solid and you'll be able to get out and do what you want to do. You might be down to a four. Now, people with bipolar will have a much bigger range of experiences. So they'll go down to a, say a zero, which is deep, depressive, recurring suicidal thoughts, all the way up to a 10, which is and psychosis and um, hallucinations. Um, so there's the people are more familiar with those with the kind of extremes of the condition. Um, there are kind of stages in between. So um, obviously mild uh, kind of to severe depression and also hypomania, which is quite an interesting um, state of mind where people are incredibly um, productive and it's like being on a permanent adrenaline rush. Um, so it's a it's a really um, difficult condition to live with. One, because people are often can go between the moods and often experience those two moods at the same time. And both the depression, deep depression and the mania can be really destructive. But also, um, for, if you're having a stable mood, which we call euphemic, um, you'll also um, be also second guessing yourself and always anxious that your moods might well tip into one of those two extremes as well. So it's a really tough condition to live with. But it, um, for a lot of people, they do manage a condition well and have managed to, to achieve great things in their lives. There's a million people living in the UK with bipolar and evidence where it really wrecks lives. And, and what does that look like? Broken relationships and people losing touch with family members and, and you know, hitting drugs and alcohol. What, what does the destructive side of it look like? So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's about 2% two, two of the population, adult population, are living with bipolar. 
So it's about, yeah, it's a million in the, in the UK. Most obvious example and most tragic is obviously around suicide and having bipolar increases the risk of suicide by 20 times uh, the general population. So um, we lose a lot of our community to suicide every year and we do a lot of our work is to, to, to reduce that. Alongside that, the, the manic episodes can be incredibly destructive. So people get themselves into huge amounts of debt. Uh, they'll, they'll go on spending frenzies. Uh, they become hypersexualized. They'll get into lots of relationships that they regret, irritated and angry, and that can lead to real problems with family. Um, so it can be really, really destructive to a person with bipolar and then to those around them. They deal then not just with the bipolar, but also the consequences of what's happened in their life. So they might have taken on debt that they had to pay back. Uh, they might have lost their job. They might not be able to get back to where they want to. They might be having to rebuild their lives, but not have the support of the friends and family that they had before. So it, it can become a, a vicious um, cycle for people. So what we really try to do as a charity is to try to get people to maintain a stable mood and to be able to rebuild their lives and then also to be able to have support to be able to overcome those that those kind of destructive um, impacts that have happened from when they're in a manic episode. So we want to push people to get like counseling, to come to terms with the trauma that they've experienced, um, being able to have access to, to better um, treatments and also around being able to do debt management as well, because it's so important that people with bipolar are able to, to get back on their feet financially as well. Have you had any personal experiences with mental illness? First contact with bipolar was when I was growing up, one of my school friends had bipolar and he had his first episode probably in his in his mid-teens and then he was off school for a while and then um we kind of he kind of was in and out of hospital and we were supporting him through that so we're going to see him hang out every friday and he would uh, most of the time he's at home but sometimes when he's unwell he's in hospital so we're going to see him in hospital and that was really tough seeing that because um seeing the big switches from him being super athletic um with a six pack doing lots of press-ups and suddenly becoming really overweight within a short period of time. Um, and that was, I could see that was really tough for him. Uh, but then also just when we started to move on with our lives um, we all went to university and kind of went, like came back and then we went off again. And um, because he was, he had, wasn't able to, to manage the bipolar, he, he was sort of stuck in the place because he wasn't able to move on. Uh, but fortunately with that, his life, it, he, he met someone in, got married and he seems to be having a really happy life now and much more stable and i think that's it really kind of that really brought home to me um the the importance of um helping people fix their day-to-day -day lives or help them manage their bipolar the two go hand in hand very tragic i never got to meet them but my brother-in-law um he had bipolar and he completed suicide and that left a massive hole in our in our family uh, it's very sad i never got to meet him and there's lots of things that we think about that we could have done differently um, and if it, we've been able to, the family been able to access the support that the charity provides now, then things might have been different. Your first chief executive role, things were in a little bit of a um, state. Did you walk into? <laughs> Our finances have always been really up and down. Um, so we've had periods where we've had quite a bit of money and then, well, not a lot of money, but we would have, for example, receive a legacy and then um, we would spend the legacy and then we would suddenly find that we're in financial difficulties. Um, so when I when I first came in, it was at the the sort of bottom of the trough in terms of the charity had expanded quickly and then it had contracted quite quickly and 
um, they've had to make lots of redundancies and people have left and kind of more than half in size over the space of, of a year. Um, so that's been really tough. So the morale in the charity was really low. Um, pretty much everyone was looking for another job. And it was really kind of all hands on deck in terms of trying to get the funding in to be able to, to keep the charity going and to try to bed down a new business model as well, because the charity previously operated on a model of employing staff to provide one-to-one -one support, which was really, it, was a, it did good work and helped lots of people. Um, but the challenge was that obviously it's a really expensive model of delivering support. And we were often trying to plug the gaps that um, the NHS should be providing. Going back to our roots, essentially, and the values of the charity, which has always been about peer support. People with bipolar, with lived experience to support other people um, with the condition. Because we're saying, it, so we, we talked about the devastating impact of bipolar, but for a lot of people with bipolar, they're managing the condition well. And they've, they've got really great lives and they, they, they understand the challenges people face and they just want to be able to play their part to help them. So we really wanted to try to mobilize people to be able to provide that type of support. So we doubled down on our support groups and we launched a new e-community so people could meet each other online uh, in a safe space. Um, and then also started to pioneer other services like a, rather than doing a, a helpline, we did a peer callback service. So someone would ring up and then we would give them a callback and it'd be someone with lived experience, a volunteer who has been supervised to be able to, to have that kind of empathetic ear as well as giving them advice on how to manage the condition and where to get support. Um, so we're able to kind of, I was able to steady the ship. Had a, I was lucky that some really great staff decided to stay and they've been fantastic in terms of kind of working with the charity. And then we've been able to, to get volunteers to come in and then we've been really lucky in terms of them actually wanting to work for the charity as well. So we've been able to kind of build up a whole new team so we're almost now back up to where we were when I just before I started when they had to go through the, the contraction. Um, and now it's trying to build sustainably for the future. So it's to, to try to get as many people using our peer support service as possible. Uh, and then to be able to develop more online resources because it's like bipolar is it's a lifelong condition. And but there's certain things that you can do to be able to manage it better so to be able to get that advice out to as many people as possible um it'd be a re really big uh, benefit um, and then also to be able to get um make sure the nhs plays their part because we know that as a charity peer support really helps but it can't it's not we can't do everything so people need to have access to a psychiatrist they need to have access to medication have that medication reviewed uh, and also be able to have access to crisis service and really excellent hospital care as well when they need it. Um, so we've got a, we're currently running a bipolar commission to really set the policy agenda for, for bipolar as well. And we've had, some, we've had thousands of responses from the community and got some really good traction within, within the Department of Health and NHS England. So I hope, hope we're optimistic that we can try to make this the new tranche of funding that's coming through for mental health in, in England um, be delivered and help help the community. It's talked about having COVID-19 at the same time they were suicidal and, and you know, had a real fight on to, to save their own life. Um, that really brought home what people, you know, would have been dealing with at the time. It was a bit of a rock and a hard place. People were experiencing anxiety and depression and really worried, but equally they were it was a, a well-founded worry if they had um, 
they knew people close to them who had actually died from COVID. So, um, so they weren't in a good place. Um, alongside that, um, people there was high levels of relapsing. So, we've probably got half the people that took our surveys. It's about over over almost two thousand people did over the two surveys. So it's quite a good sample. About half of them had relapsed, um, and then I think it was tw almost twice as many people were actually hospitalised for suicide attempts as for uh, COVID nineteen. So it kind of gives you an ex kind of exacerbated the existing mental health crisis alongside that. Um, but the community were broadly, their attitudes towards lockdown were pretty much in line with what the general public was. So they were this, the same level of support as you would, you would see across the board. People really rely on their routines to stay well. And also the, um, the NHS wasn't able to provide the help that it could have done. Um, we know, for example, that I think it was about a third of people can get access to any mental health service, specialist mental health services, so like psychiatrists, crisis teams. That made life a lot harder. And how did you find it as a leader yourself? Like, um, scary at, at the beginning, I imagine. Yeah, I think it was, it was quite scary. I mean, I've got the, fortunately, because of, we've been quite sensible. We weren't, like, we'd, we'd, we had, like, healthy reserves when we came into it. And, as you know, like fun, funding and finances is always the kind of the, the, the lifeblood of any organization. So if your finances are sound, then it means that the, the rest of the organization can, can, can function properly. So there was a lot of pressure in the, first, in the first couple of months in terms of doing the budget reprofiling. But then once you settle down into a new routine, some things become a little bit easier. So like not having to commute made life a little bit easier. Um, I was really lucky that my wife helped out a huge amount. She took on our social media and had a, she was on furlough and someone else came in from her company to help. So they really helped um, on that side. So it was really great working with her and she's a communications professional. So she was able to really get, do a bit of a sort of fresh pair of eyes and really got down and improved our digital offer during that period. So it was really great working with her on that. Um, and then also, if you've got a smaller team, management's a little bit easier, so you don't have as many people to manage. So in some respects, it, there, were, there were benefits, but then the, the kind of cost was obviously I was, we, we were working from home in a small flat, two-bed flat with a baby. <laughs> so trying to work around her sleep, but also like not having, a, not having an office, working in a nursery just with a laptop on my, on my lap, that was really tough. And um, I... I think I, I think the only way I coped was by actually playing video games in the morning. I think I'm happy to confess that. It was, <laughs> yeah. I, I shouldn't admit this kind of uh, confessions of a CEO, but actually playing Fortnite in the morning for for half an hour in about like 45 minutes in the evening meant that I was able to actually just completely get out of the situation for for a couple of um, for a couple of for like an hour a day. And that kind of yeah, my mind. Yeah. So that was that was good. No. And obviously I got to see my daughter, which was a lot more of her. So got to see her first steps and her crawling and all of that. So that was really magical. So it's 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 funny you start, I don't say I've got knocked down nostalgia, but it was a kind of the best of times and the worst of times. How does it feel to be a CEO? Does, is it a role that Feels like a fit. Do you feel comfortable in that position? That's your. It was your first CEO role. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, it, you just get to, you get to, like, make decisions, and you don't. Um, you can 
go off and do what you want to do really so there's a huge amount of freedom i mean that's fantastic um i've got a really great board of trustees who are really supportive and we see eye to eye on loads of things and so that's that's really great um so if you want to do something then you can like for example like chatbots i was just really interested in like ai and how effective that would be so just took a proposal to the trustees made the case for it and we've been able to start growing a chatbot and it's not perfect by any means but it was just nice to be able to better understand the technology and to add some value like it does we it kind of provides answers to about three three thousand people every every month so it's it's it does a job but it's really great to understand that it's not it's not perfect like a lot of these things you can trial and test it and then you see where the strengths and the weaknesses are I'm trying to estimate the, the the suicide rate for the within the community because we think it's massively under under recognized within the system so trying to build an evidence base around that is really interesting and looking at the different studies there are and how you can like put different data sets together to make a to make an argument in a case um so that's really interesting so intellectually it's really stimulating so just really lucky having a great team the person that came in she was used to when i first came in she was looking after the the telephone line and then she became the peer support service manager and then she's continued to develop and she's become the deputy chief exec so um she's looks after all the services and she does a fantastic job um, and she's living with bipolar as well and to totally rock steady um pair of hands really understands the community um really great in terms of understanding safeguarding inside out that's a big issue for us as a charity um so she's been a real rock for me in terms of being able to to know that the services we're delivering are, are adding huge value to to the people that need it um yeah. so yeah, yeah i think having a good team is 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 important um and then there's obviously the the just me rabbiting on now the, the challenge is uh, kind of managing governance because you often taking your trustees review is obviously really important and if you are living stuff day in day out you kind of understand the challenges and you can't assume that they do so you've got to kind of take take them um take them with you on it um and then also if staff aren't performing that's obviously a challenge so having to like if you have to perform as manage people that's obviously going to be difficult um so that's that's like a that's the, the kind of the, the benefits and the the challenges um yeah. and then i guess also if things go wrong like you have to take like ultimately you have to take responsibility for it and that's it's annoying when people do stuff sometimes you tell them to do it sometimes you don't but ultimately you just have to say look i like i i have to take responsibility for this and having to to represent the organization and that's that's something that um you can't do when you when you're in a in a large organization or or whatever if you're if you're not the CEO, you can go around and you can blame other people for everything that goes wrong. But if you're the CEO, ultimately, you either haven't created the right culture for people to do the job properly, or you haven't given people the right tasks and instructions, or you haven't recruited the right staff. So there's always there's always something that you could have done better to to prevent that situation from occurring. Well, wonderful to connect or reconnect um, after all these years, and, and congratulations on the, the wonderful job you've done at Bipolar UK. Thanks, Mark, and it'd be great to, to catch up again. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening to Purposely Podcast. I hope you like what you're hearing. Please subscribe and leave a review.